Blog Talk Radio. In my helmet, cleats, and shoulder pads Standing in the huddle Listening to the call Fans going crazy for the boys of fall Hey everybody, uh, welcome to the fifth quarter with Coach Johnson I'm your host Dave Johnson Uh Got a little bit of a different start to the show for you tonight, but uh, just been doing a lot of thinking. We've been doing some commitment stuff and uh, hero things and, you know, talking about uh, one of our players being a hero to one of the girls that play on our team's daughter. And uh, so uh, got a little bit of a different thing for you tonight to start with. But first thing, I want to uh, wish a couple of Tri-City Thunder girls happy birthday, Kristen Barrett and uh, – Danny Miranda, their birthdays are this past week, so uh, I'd like to wish them a happy birthday. Um, you know, we we talk about sports here every week, and, and for for me and my lifestyle, it's pretty much sports all the time. And uh, we're going to get to some sports here um, in just a little bit. But, you know, we talk about um, some of these girls ask me, you know, hey, who who is a good role model? And, you know, who who is your role model? And, you know, I do have some, and some people know who they are, and some people don't. But last Friday night, um, I went to uh, – um, I went to the Empress Papa. They had a um, celebration for him, uh, been in preaching for – 60-some years, and they were honoring him, and uh, he's 92 years old, and I wasn't going to go, and, and uh, finally decided to go, and and I was glad I did. You know, of course, I was a, um, I was out of my element, of course, and, you know, anybody knows me knows that, but, uh, and, you know, when I show up and see about 30 preachers there, I started to run at that point, but, because um, I didn't know what would happen, but, you know, as as I sat in there and, and uh, watched that uh, whole thing unfold, and uh, I looked at Jennifer and I told her, I said, you know what, your your papa was a legend. And you know when, um, of course she she knows this. I mean, she knows what he meant to her uh, growing up and all that for all these years, but. Me being, you know, me and Jennifer been together for 14 years. And, uh, just knowing him those last few years, I never had uh, an idea of the people that, you know, that all these preachers there looked up to this man and, and everything that he had believed and, and stood for all those years, you know, were uh, coming out on this day and, and all these people and uh, special guests singing and people getting up talking about things that uh, he did, you know, for them or how he had made their uh, lives better and, and things like that. And, uh, you know, that's that's what real role models are right there. And, you know, I, for me personally, just knowing Mr. Garland, I wish they'd have did it 10 years ago um, when he could have enjoyed it more. Um, you know, he's 92 and getting at the point in his life that, you know, he don't uh, can't get around as good. And um, I think, you know, if they'd have did it several years ago, it would have meant, not saying it would have meant more to him, but it would have meant, you know, I think that the grasp of it would have, would have been a lot better. But, you know, you just can't imagine – how um, how things were when when he grew up to how they are today, and when you can 
stay within your grasp of what you believe in, no matter what, and you can keep getting through to these people, it's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, as I listened to that uh, preacher there, um, I can't think of his name, but, you know, it, it was just, it was just simply amazing that, you know, most of you don't even have an idea who he is, but, uh, you know, to be to be that kind of uh, person for that long, to help that many people out, to, uh, um, you know, just the way they think. And, you know, as long as I've known him, I've never heard anybody um, say a bad bad word or crossword about him. And, uh, you know, I was just simply amazed because, you know, each week it's uh, I find something to try to talk about a little different and uh, stuff that inspires you, and that really did. And uh, I'm glad I went. I started not to go, but uh, I did, and uh, I'm glad I went because, and I didn't know but just a handful of people there. I mean, I'd only seen a couple of time or two that go to Jennifer's dad mom's church, and uh, I'd seen them a time or two, another Mr. and Miss Darling, I didn't, and Jennifer and them, I didn't know anybody there, but, you know, I was glad I went because there was, uh, you know, just people after people talking about, you know, what great things um, he had did and, and seen and, and helped them with, or, you know, and I'm not saying he painted a pretty picture all the time, but, you know, when you stop and realize he, he's probably right, so... When you see all that happen, it just gets you. And, you know, he truly is. And, you know, especially that's what legends and role models are. And if we would transfer that over into sports with all these players, coaches, and everybody else involved, then, then we'd have it made. We'd have the best, um, best, best games possible. But, you know, everybody wants to outdo everybody. Everybody wants to keep up with the Joneses, or I got to have this, or I got to have that. And, you know, people forget where they come from. And, you know, and that's what I heard that preacher say. Hey, you know, for all you young preachers out there, you got to start at the bottom and work your way up. You think you're at the top, you're setting yourself up for failure. And you know what? That's true in life. That's true in Sports, evidently, it's true in, in ministry, whatever you want to say. But the problem is, in my opinion, is people can't stand to be on the bottom. And they, you know, the first thing they get, they get a little taste of money, it changes them. And then it changes the person they are. And, you know, like I said uh, last week and even the week before, when you got people out here that your kids are looking up to, and they're out here showing their hind ends and doing things that, that they do, I mean, on a regular basis, then, you know, what what are we teaching? Where, where is, is, you know, as a society, we're failing. Now, I'm not I'm not saying everybody ought to be uh, into preaching. I'm not saying everybody ought to be into playing ball. I'm just giving my perspective from it. And from what I see, you know, as, as my life has changed, um, you know, of, of thinking of, the ways that I look and value athletes, athletics, coaches, and players, you know, it's made a big transition. And, you know, when I see people that come from everywhere, now this this little church, I don't know how many it seats, but it was packed. And we were there quite a while. So, um, you know, to see everybody that was there, um, the reason they were there, and just about every one of them had some kind of story to tell or say or, um, you know, whatever the case may be. And uh, so that is what true legends, heroes, role models, whatever you want to call it, that right there to me is, is what they're made of. Now, I don't know if the man knows anything about sports. Um, that's neither here nor there. So, you know, heroes and, and uh, role models and all that kind of stuff, they come in all shapes, sizes, forms, gender, you know, any, any way. It, you don't have to be 
the best person in the world to play football or to preach or whatever. You can just simply be a great person, you know. And when you're all those things, you know, he was and is, um, it, it makes it great. Now, he probably don't have a clue, of, you know, and I'm even speaking, and, and uh, he was he's sort of a humble kind of guy that, you know, it wouldn't uh, probably wouldn't sink in. But, you know, it it it, um, it gets to you. And when, when you see people, like I say, especially that have grown up from, you know, when he when he was younger and now are, are still looking up to people like that, that really, really says a lot. So, you know, um, you when you kids, if anybody's out there listening or, or parents and, and you're um, wanting your kids to, to find somebody to look up to, you know, you don't have to look in sports. You don't have to look in any certain area. You know, just just find truth in in the person that you want them to uh, look up to. So you know, and that's pretty much all I want to say about him. Um, he's he's a great person, and uh, of course, everybody that knows him knows that. But uh, you know, it just ever like I say every week, just I get try to get something that uh, you know inspires me a little bit. I couldn't. You can ask him for anybody that knows us. I just couldn't quit thinking about what that uh, preacher said. On Saturday, first thing I wake up is I was thinking about what that preacher said, and that's what I told her. And uh, it's just been uh, on my mind pretty good about it, so um, I just decided that's what I talked about this week for a little bit. And uh, we're going to go on to back to sports here. But, you know, one great role model is uh, J.J. Watt. Uh, whether you like the Houston Texans or whether you don't, um, sure he's got plenty of money. But you know one thing, he didn't just um, donate a hundred thousand dollars or whatever he donated. He kept up with it, and he's still keeping up with it. He's trying to make sure it gets in the right hands. And he's, I think, the last count I heard was maybe twenty some or thirty some million he's raised for those people out there. That's the kind of people you want your kids looking up to. That right there is a true role model. As far as long as I've known him, of him playing ball, you ain't seen him in trouble. You ain't seen him out here in the limelight. He ain't shooting himself in a bar. I'm not saying he don't go. I don't know. I'm just saying you don't hear about it. And, you know, that's the kind of people that you want your uh, kids looking up to. So, you know, that's just a little bit of um, – up right there. I wanted to rant on, I guess, a little bit. And, you know, I, I need to thank J.C. Hawk Sports Network for uh, letting me come on here. This is uh, the ninth week we've been doing this show. And uh, it just seems like yesterday we started. And uh, I really uh, appreciate, uh, you know, her taking the time and investing the time in me. And, you know, when she didn't really know me from Adam, just to, to I don't know why, but uh, I want to thank her for that. And uh, we're going to be taking some calls. If anybody wants to call in tonight, it's uh, 657-383-1020. Uh, if you want to um, send your questions in on the chat, it's radio.jchops.com. Uh, I've already got uh, four questions here, and I think maybe five um, coming in. Uh, so I'd be glad to talk to anybody that wants to call ask any questions, I'll try to answer them uh, the best that I can, you know. So that's, uh, that's all I can do. I, I'm going to give you, if you don't want to know, don't ask, because I'm going to give you an honest answer. Um, so the first question tonight that, that I've been asked is, being a New England fan and losing a tough first game, what would you tell your team well, if I was the New England Patriots, I'd just say, hey, off the New Orleans Saints. But being that I'm not, says, uh, just kidding. But there, and then it says, how do I keep my ladies moving forward? Well, first thing I want to say is there's never been a Super Bowl championship or anything won or lost in the first game. So 
you know what? Th- some things happen. Um, you know, especially in the NFL, um, they don't get to practice as much. They cut the practice down. They uh, went to several, uh, went to smaller uh, mini camps and and uh, the preseason. So sometimes they're a little rusty, and sometimes things don't go as planned. Now, in women, it, that first game can be more critical. For one, you don't play near as many games. Two, they have a harder time bouncing back than, than men do. So even though it's not the end of the year, you know, you have to keep moving forward. We lost the third game last year, and, you know, some of the players on the team thought that was the end of the world. You know, they, that it was over. And, and you don't never know what happened. First thing I told them was, hey, you know what? That's their that's our hiccup. We had we had one hiccup for a year, and we just used it. The season ain't over. It's what we do from here that's going to define us. Not not what happened today, but we just got beat. You know that that, that happened. New England got beat. I had no doubt they were going to bounce back the the next week. So you know I want to keep I want to keep my focus on the big picture. And for me. The big picture is, is standing at the end of the year, out there in the middle of that field, hosting up that championship trophy. That, that's what I tell my girls if we lose week one. That hey, that's just one game. We still got seven or eight left, whatever uh, our schedule allows, and we we got to win them. That's all there is to it. You know, when you only play a handful of games, you can't afford to lose very many. So losing one game is not the end of the world. So. You know what? Suck it up. Learn from it. Get better from it. Don't let that taste get back in your mouth again. So, uh, you know, that that's my opinion. Like I say here every week, a lot of people don't like my opinions. A lot of people do. I really like my opinions. So, you know, I, I tend to give it a lot. But that, that's what I would do. Now, the second question says, as a female player who has dated a coach, that went wrong from some of your shows, from, from some of your previous shows, I heard your wife play. How do you keep that separate? Well, five years ago when we decided to start this team, um, you know, we were going to try to get my brother to coach. Well, when he couldn't, he was too busy, and and it just, we couldn't find anybody that had the same things in mind that we did. It fell on to me, and the first thing that me and her come to agreements with is when when we step on that field, she's a player, I'm the coach. No, no if, ands, or buts. And anybody, if anybody has never been to one of our practices, then you would understand what I'm saying. So that's how we keep it separate. Now, sometimes it, it gets a little rough. Uh, you know, we have to step back and remember, even though we're still married, that, you know, we we can't transfer that from the field or, or from our uh, marriage to the field, vice versa. So, you know, it, it gets tricky. But the bottom line is when you set that rule, follow it. Don't give in to it. You know, don't uh, – I don't play favoritism. So then the same person asks, how do you keep players from thinking there is favoritism if she is a starter and or gets a lot of playing time? Well, uh, like I said, if you've ever been to one of our practices just Sunday, we had our first tryout workout. It was it was a great one. Probably the best first tryout workout type thing we've ever had. And we at the end divide up, and uh, we had one center play for both teams, and we divided up. We had 15 there, so we had seven on seven. And me and her, probably, I was probably on her more than I was anybody else. So, you know, if if you've never been to one of our practices, I've centered the sideline before, I've pinched her before. Um, you know, she gets she gets made example of a lot more, and, and probably treated more unfair than a lot of the players just to keep from people bringing things like this up. So, you know, it, if anybody thinks that's around our team 
that uh, that this happens, and they sure don't know me or her or know anybody on the team. Uh, a lot of players played for us, played for a year, didn't even know we was married. So, you know, that's the way we handle things. That's the only way I know. Um, I, I, I hated when I was a kid that parents coached their kids, and it didn't matter how good or bad their, their uh, kids were, they always started. I don't believe in that, and I never have believed in it. And, you know, when when I got home, if I played great, they told me I played great. If I played bad, they told me I played bad. And and that's the way you get better. And, you know, I'm, I'm probably more uh, a little harder on her than I should just to keep from stuff like this arise uh, because, you know, I mean, don't get me wrong, those are great questions, and I appreciate whoever sent them in. But, um, you know, I just don't I don't want ever to that, you know, for that to happen. And that, um, you know, the biggest thing for me is uh, coaching these women and, and these women that like to date one another is can they separate when it comes time to practice and play versus their relationship. And you know what, so far we've, we've not had any problems. We try to keep that at a minimum. I, I mean, I'm not Tell them they can't. They're grown women. They can do what they want. But, you know, we try to keep it at a minimum. We try to keep everybody on the same page. I mean, we have uh, not only do, you know, is it me and Jennifer, we have Coach Tony. Um, he dates Andrea, which plays on the team and has played last year. Um, Cody, Tony's husband, he helps us some. Uh, you know, so we we got several things like that. And, and I think in the women's um, league, until you get a full coaching staff and pick your 60 players, you're going to have a lot of that. And the bottom line is we we meet as coaches and, and, and you know, we talk about this. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Here's who's going to coach these and here's who's going to coach them. We don't, we don't show favoritism. If Mike wants to get after Jennifer, he can get after it. Go for it because I get after it. You know, if uh, if Tony don't want me getting after Andrea, he better leave. But I'm sure he probably don't care. So you know, that's just the way it is. You can't you can't be partial, and I hate that being partial stuff. And I would never do it. Um, and especially for for the main reason of growing up as a kid, I've seen it a lot, and I'm not for it at all, not one single bit. So that's the answer to those two questions from the same person. And I don't know who you are, but I sure appreciate you writing them in, uh, sending them to us. I always like uh, these questions and, and talking to anybody if they want to ever call in at 657-383-1020. Um, so uh, the fourth question is, what's my drive? Well, you know, I just told one of our players this week that, all the awards, ever, all the accolades and all that, they're, trust me, they're nice. But what drives me is taking girls that when we give them a quiz, don't know all the answers about football, but we find enough greatness in, in between them and coaches enough to win our ultimate goal. Taking players from where nobody wants, runs them off of other teams. When they are on another team, they don't coach them. We get them. They have no knowledge of the game, and we take and make winners out of That is what drives me. I hate to lose. I hate to lose more than I like to win. When you get beat, there's nothing you can do about getting beat. But when you give a game away or when you're not prepared, that drives me crazy. So, my drive is is always going to be going to be to to win it all, to be the best. I'm, I'm I don't accept losing at all, and it, it's not in my vocabulary. At anything I've ever did in my life, I've not been a loser, and I'm not going to start now. So uh, the drive is winning. That's what drives me is winning. And it's winning football games. It's winning roping. It's winning whatever. If it's playing cornhole, I want to win. That's just the bottom line. And this football is that's what 
drives me is is the is to win. I watch some of these college and pro teams play. I see those players. Well, you know what? It, if they lose, it's just like it's all right. Well, you know what? When I played, we lost a lot of football games, and it was never all right. I hated to lose then. I hate to lose now. Um, losing ain't the end of the world, like I said in the first question. But if you become okay with it, then then you're done for. And we we don't accept that here, and we're not going to accept it. So uh, that's that's what drives me. And if anybody uh, out there knows me, then then you know uh, what uh, what kind of person I am. I want to challenge you. I challenge I challenge every one of my players in different ways. Some of them I really have to grind on. Some of them you just have to talk to. And some of them are just in between because they don't understand neither. And then if you get do both, then sometimes they realize. It. So, you know, you have to learn what to do. And when we all got this drive, when we had when we had our awards party, and every one of those girls that that won an award, whether it was whatever it was, all said. Let, let's repeat, you know. Jennifer wanted to retire. You know, she always said, if I, we win a championship, I'm going to retire. Well, you know what? I, I think, you know, after a few days that she she couldn't do without playing, at least for now. So, you know, that's the job. And, and you know what? I feel like that a lot of them get it from me. Some of them already have it. So that's, that's our goal. Um so the next question is, what type of role models do you look for in the players on your team? Well, I would hope that they, you know, not only have their best interest in mind, but they have the other players and their teammates' best interest in mind. And, uh, you know, some of these uh, girls have uh, but well, there's only three of them that's been there all, all the years. And, uh, uh, you know, some of those don't have nothing to say uh, until, you know, maybe when it gets down to nitty-gritty and then you, you hear them talk. You know, that's the kind of lead by example. You follow me, I'm going to carry you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take you to the place you need to be. You just have faith in me. Now, she may not come out and say that all the time, but she's she's wanting you to do it. And and if you know who I'm talking about, you know what I'm uh, saying is right. So, you know, I want I want these players to to hold themselves accountable, uh, hold me accountable, hold all the other coaches accountable. I want them to hold the. Uh, um, uh, the other players accountable. Now, there's a fine line between holding other players accountable. Sometimes you can cross that line, and um, it, it is a fine line. And it's it's the way you approach it and the things you say. Uh, when I played, I was a little rough, you know. Um, I didn't like we go get slack 68 to nothing. I'm sitting on the back of the bus, can't move, you know, I hate to lose, and they're uh, a couple of them are sitting there like for telling jokes. Well, guess what? It ended up in a fight. You know that I don't. I just don't deal good with stuff like that. And I didn't. You know, I don't know how you uh, how you can react to that. But you know, there's a fine line that you don't cross. But I want each player to hold themselves accountable. You know, I want each player to be able to look in the mirror. And and say, am I a role model? You know what? Am, am I? Uh, you know, do I have enough value in myself to to be a role model for the rest of these rest of these girls? Uh, you know, when we're out there in practice and uh, uh, we're going against each other in drills, you know, it's not personal. Even every person fighting for a position on this team right now, it's nothing personal. It's just we got to find out who's the best the best fit for what we need. That don't mean it's not the best fit this week or next week. You know, it's just like I told a player the other day. Every single player on our team is going to 
participate right up until we play. We're going to roll them in. I want them to be ready to play because I'm going to tell you, with 18, 20, 25 players, you get a lot of playing time. And if you're sitting over soft or, you know, feeling sorry for yourself or, or whatever, then you're the wrong place because there, there's no there's no place in football for that. So, um, you know, I hope I answered that question right because if you can look at yourself and say, you know what, I am a role model, uh, maybe maybe not for everybody because everybody don't like everybody. Now, you know, I have found – I haven't found anybody that didn't like Mr. Garland, and that was another thing, you know, all those years that, that got to me. So, but, you know, there's several people that don't like me, you know, and that, that's fine. Not everybody likes everybody. So, but I would I could look in the mirror and say, hey, I'm a role model to, to some people, maybe not to others. And if each player can do that, and then you can come to practice and you can keep an open mind, and you're competing against yourself, that's who you're competing against. You're not competing against anybody else. It's yourself. You're, you know, you're the one that has to answer for it. You're the one exposing yourself. It's just like a job interview. You go for a job interview, they're interviewing you. They want to know about you. They don't want to know about somebody else, so they show up. So that's what it is. Or you're, you're interviewing for yourself. So, you know, look at look at yourself in the mirror. See what kind of person you are. See what kind of person you want to be. And you know what? You, you can answer your own question, and everybody else can uh, do the same. Because if you're if you're looking in that mirror and you, you're afraid to look up because you're looking at somebody you don't think's a role model, maybe it's time you start changing a few things. So, uh, and again, that's coming from me, my opinion. So, you know, that that's somebody you get my opinion when you ask me a question. Okay, let's see. He says, what makes your organization different from other football organizations? Why should Tri-City be a consideration when searching for a team? Well, I would say, I would say this, that, you know, if, if you do research on, on our team, uh, naturally in the, in the three years you would find a lot of different roster names on there. Um, but the main thing you won't see on there is a bunch of different coaches' names. In three years, I've lost one coach. And if you want to be I, – I, I can't say that we're, <laughs> we can make you great, but if you want to be a good player and you want to play on a good team – and you don't want to play for us, then you don't want to be a good player, play on a good team. So um, if if I'm out there looking for a team, of course I'm partial. My team would be the first one I'd want to play for. Um, now, you know, a lot of people like to play for smaller roster teams. You know, and I say, hey, we need. I, my goal has never wavered. Um, I told Jennifer from the first time we started this football team, I wanted 25 players. That's still my goal. But some of these players now, man, I, I love playing both ways. And I agree, I did too. I love playing the whole game. But the problem is what, when something happens, you got to have somebody there. Uh, so if you get everybody ready to play and you rotate players and you can keep them at certain points, then you playing on a 25 or 20 roster team like we got is a is a great thing. So you know, like I said, I'm partial. Um, we got I feel like we got great coaches. I feel like we got a great organization. I feel like we're getting uh, better players, whether we're making them or whether they're deciding to come to our team because of the things we do and the things we stand for. And I'm not saying any other teams out there don't do it because I know a few that uh, are what we're looking to be. But in, when you look around at other teams, when you see coaches' names, they might have the same roster. We've had different rosters. They might have mostly the same roster, but they're going to have about 20 different coaches' teams, coaches names. So, you know what? There, there's a lot to be said for that. 
the longest tenured coaches in the in the pros, they've had those jobs for a long time for one reason. They're successful. So there's a lot to be said for that. And I'm not trying to toot my own horn or anybody's own horn. You just look up the uh, uh you know, you just look up the success and the way things go and uh, you will see um what I'm telling you right. So sure. If you want to play for a great team, then you call me up. Uh, let's see here. So most coaches feel more comfortable with the running play. As a coach, do you work more on the passes or the run and why? Well, huh, everybody that, that's been to uh, one of our practices, we probably threw the least amount of balls on Sunday as we threw at any at any practice I've had, and I couldn't tell you how long. Uh, we usually work on passing more than anything. It takes the most work. Um, but we, we've got two quarterbacks. Um, neither one of them need to throw a whole bunch of balls. Um, we're going to work them into it. We're working on different stuff to help them. Uh, we're, we're working on our run game as well. Um, we're getting our steps down where we need to be. Um, sure, I'd, I'd love to throw it ever now. I would love to be able to complete enough balls to take every one of my running backs, put them out there, slot, whatever, tied in, and just go full board, west coast, all the way, uh, running gun. So, look, it, it's tough. Uh, you know, it's tough with with the receivers. I mean, we we worked harder on our receivers just running route this past week than we had in, in the previous uh, practice because, you know, that's part of the time. They don't know how to, to plant that foot and get out, uh, get off that person to get free. And you just sort of round it. That leaves the quarterback in a bad position and, and not all the not all the throws are on her. So uh, we're working at a lot of different phases um, in our game. Um, we're, uh, I'm hoping to be more well-rounded, however that needs to be the proper saying, um, because we we struggled at times in, in different situations, even running the ball, even though when we really needed to, Gain yardage, we we could run it, but sometimes we struggled, and uh, I'm hoping that we're going to eliminate those struggles. Now, I would like to uh, nothing better than to uh, be able to throw it a lot more, you know. But when you get to control that ball, you have to throw just at certain times. So uh, we are going to continue to work on it. No if, ands, or buts. Um, at the big. It's a big part of the way the game has changed. Um, when Jennifer first started playing, the team she played for, I think they only threw two passes all year long with that. They run it every single play. And uh, they controlled the clock. But if you get it offside or something or uh false start or holding or whatever, you're done for. Uh, now, you know, we played Fayetteville this year. And, shoot, man, they line up receivers and throw it all over the place. Um, you know, we uh, we know that the, the Shoppy girl, how good she is, the uh, Horton girl, how good she is, all those girls retiring that could throw the ball so well. So, you know, uh, I don't know how they get to that level. You know, maybe uh, maybe they played in high school and, and got a lot of coaching. You know, we've got two girls playing quarterback, and they've each got one-year experience. So uh, we're glad to have them. And we're going to continue to work with them, uh, both of them. You never know what happens. I want them both to be ready to go. When uh, we uh, come scrimmage time, they're both going to get uh, half the rat, uh, reps, and uh, they're probably going to both play tight end when the other and the quarterback uh, do different things. So, you know, it, it's, uh, it's tough. And, you know, we do work on the pass more than anything. But we're not going to – throw as many balls in practice this year as we did in the previous years because it really, you know, if the receivers don't know how to correctly run routes, and I'm not saying run the right route, but correctly run a route and the quarterback can't throw the ball before they ever break, 
then then you're always late. So, you know, we're working on that. Maybe we get there this year. Maybe we don't. We're we're going back to the basics, and uh, that's what we're doing. People can say, oh, man, they're taking baby steps. You're right. We're going back to what makes you great. And, you know, just like I said, I sat there and heard that preacher say, hey, take baby steps. If you think you're, you're already preaching and you think you're at the top, you're setting yourself up for failure. It, it's no different in life and, and sports. You've got to keep it in moderation, and you've got to be honest with yourself. And I think that's one thing that, about our team that, that we are, and it's honest. So um, that's uh, that's why we're going to keep working at it. And, uh, you know, no no if ands, or buts. We're going to um, we're going to keep throwing the ball and keep running it, play good defense, and, uh, you know, hopefully get our special teams better. And, uh, you know, there's three phases of football, offense, defense, and special teams. And you know what? We work on defense less than, than anything, or special teams less than defense, defense less than offense. So um, we're going, we got to try to get better. But a lot of that is gaining more players. So, you know, uh, me there again when I talk about being honest with yourself, you're competing with yourself. We got twenty five. If you're playing guard, you're still competing for the guard position. You're not competing against somebody. You're competing for that guard position. If you're a quarterback, you're competing for the quarterback position. Not somebody else. So keep that in mind. Uh let's see here. Another one says Seems most girls want to play in the WFA because of all of the exposure. Is all the publicity good publicity? If the team loses, but still gets exposed, is that good? Well, you know, I look, I look at it like this. Um, you sit out there, you, you know, it's like the Conor McGregor and the Mayweather fight. They, they both bragged. They both bragged. Well, one of them won. What the other one have to brag about? Sure, he won a lot of money, but he got beat. Who, who cares? I mean, if you if you're playing, you're playing to win, you know. And uh, if, you, if you're joining the WFA because uh, you want exposure, we're going two and six. Ain't much exposure, in my opinion. You know, maybe one and seven or zero oh and eight or whatever. Who cares? I want to be fighting for wins, not to. Uh, who I think might see me, that don't mean nothing to me. Um, you know, and I'm, I know it does to a lot of these girls, and that's why they don't play on our team. That's why there's other teams out there. Because being seen or, or playing for this league, look, I'd be glad. I know teams that are in the WFA Division Three. Hey, if y'all are listening, call me. We'll set up a scrimmage for after the first year. I'd love to play both of you. We'll give you all the exposure you want. I'll get the TV crews there, media, paper, we'll live stream it, whatever. All the media attention you want, just talk. That's all I've got to say. And if that's the kind of exposure you want, then you can get it. But getting beat uh, every game or, or going two and six or three and five, whatever, that ain't much exposure for me. I mean, um, again, I look at things a lot different than other people do. So, um, you know, I want to I want to win, and they want to be sportsmanlike. And uh, uh, somebody knocks you in the back, knocks you down, you turn around and say, "Oh, it's okay," and then they push you down again, and you're still okay with it. Well, that's never going to be acceptable on our team, and uh, that's why, you know, we don't care about exposure. Uh, we care about wins, and we care about hoisting up that trophy, and and uh, we're the cleanest playing team out there. We're the most disciplined team, I think. Um, so, you know what? My hat's off to you. Go get all the exposure you want, but getting beat ain't much of exposure, in my opinion. Okay, let's see what else we got here. It says the USWFL used to play six and eight men. What is the minimum amount of players the USWFL would take? And would you consider playing one of those formats so a team can work on growing next season? You bet I would. 
Hey, uh, you know what? I, I would, uh, if if there's any teams out there that, uh, you know, wants to play some six or eight man, uh, call us. We'll divide up. We'll make a couple teams up, you know, and uh, um, maybe play some of the, uh, you know, set out some of the veteran players and, and play some of the younger players that need more playing time. I, I'd sure love to do it. I'm going to tell you, we played uh, – to make games the first year we joined the USWFL, and, and I really like it. Um, it's a faster-paced game. The rules are a little different, and uh, I, I really liked it. I mean, it's, it's the same thing. It's, it's tackle football, and for most people, if nobody in the stand did not tell them, they wouldn't even know that it's eight on eight. So um, I haven't played any six on six, but we did play some eight on eight, and uh, it it was a lot of fun. Uh, if you got some uh, really good uh, running backs and receivers, you can really uh, do some damage. But for sure, you know anybody out there that's that's listening. And uh, matter of fact, we uh, we went to Knoxville last year and uh, scrimmage Huntsville in an eight on eight. They uh, had some girls out, and they needed some work, and uh, she called me. Uh, the coach did, like, I don't know, a week beforehand. I said, hey, uh, if I come, I can only bring eight or nine players. You want to play eight? I said, sure. You know what? We we went down there and we got some work in. It was a great workout. Um, I, I liked it, you know, and, and a lot of these teams, you know, they uh, may have to do some scrimmaging like that. We're not, we're, I don't think we're a team that's above doing anything that's going to help our team. I mean, if that means playing eight on eight, seven on seven, I mean, look, we divided our players up minus the center, center for both teams, seven on seven, and they were out there going at it like there was a million dollars at stake, and they're on the same team. So we're not above uh, playing or doing whatever we need to to be successful and help our team. And uh, anybody that knows how we did things first year, Every single uh, day after practice, we scream with one another, whether it's three on three or four on four or whatever. Uh, that's how we learned how to play. So, um, you know, there's a, there's a lot to be said for it. And another thing is like, at the end of the uh, workout the other day when we divided them up like that, I divided them up in pairs, and it was probably the most evenly matched game that we could have ever hoped for between people. And, uh, you know, the best thing is you got linemen playing tight end. You got linemen rushing, some of them blocking. You got running backs blocking. You got different girls running the ball. They're learning just how to play. They're learning how to move. We actually seen some blocking. Uh, me and Mike did, and we're sitting there thinking, if we just do that in the game, you know what? That's how you learn how to do it. Sometimes it just takes that edge of being out there in competition and competing to really see what the big picture is and what it takes to to take that next level. So, you know what? Sometimes it it just happens that way. So, yeah, Uh, anybody out there that would like to uh, scrimmage us, eight on eight, six on six, whatever, shoot, give us a call. You know, we'll be glad to – uh, work out with you, uh, help you in any kind of way. Uh, I like those joint practices. Uh, we really, you know, unlike most teams, we keep our players under control, um, you know, and, and that's a good way to work because, you know, we don't have enough players to line up 11 on 11. So, you know what, if we can go somewhere and work 8 on 8 or 11 on 11 with somebody else's, uh, you know, let them do the same that's a that's a win for us. So, you know, if uh, anybody out there wanting to maybe do that, uh, you can get a hold of us on the website at TriCitySunder.com or Facebook, Tri-City Thunder Women's Football. Um, any teams out there, anybody wanting to follow the USWFL, the website is USWFL.net and Facebook, USWFL Football League. Um, so, you know, we're, uh, I had a good conversation with Dana Farling today. Uh, she's going to be new, one of the new uh, directors for the IWFL. Uh, me and her 
talked for about an hour. Um, I've never met her personally, but we've talked on the phone a bunch, and we have both um, a lot of the same goals in mind, and that's women's football. And, you know, if if I can help them, if I can help her get a team that, that's going to help that team, then then that's what we're going to do, and the same vice versa. And, you know, and, and our main uh, discussion today was uh, can we help you know, each other uh, fill some games, maybe. So, um, you know, she, of course, uh, she's getting ready. I think she hasn't actually been uh, promoted that job. Maybe she has, but I'm not sure it's taking place. I think they're getting ready to have a big meeting about it. But, um, you know, that's something that she's going to keep an eye out for, um, you know, for teams that, you know, maybe we can help and uh, for us and if she can help for us and things that we can help them with. It's all about football, folks. It's all about making the sport of women's football greater than what it is, putting it on the map. That's what I care most about. And people think what they want. They go, oh, you only care about your team. Well, I do care about my team first and foremost. But if we don't care about those other teams, then my teams have nobody to play if somebody don't step up and, and take uh, notice on those other teams as well. Now, not everybody, not every team wants our help. You know, other teams, they, they already know everything, and that's fine. You know, that's why they don't win football games sometimes, because they know everything and, and can't see what they need to work on. So, uh, or can't take, uh, let anybody help them. Uh, but you know what? We're we're not that way. Uh, we want to help as much as we can, anybody that we can. And uh, so that's that's where we're at. And uh, I want to thank everybody uh, for listening. And uh, it's been a little bit noisier tonight. I'm in Florida uh, down here helping clean up from this Irma storm. And uh, so may not be as quiet as as uh, it is when I'm home and sitting in there in the room by myself. But uh, I want to thank everybody for listening and all the questions and and, uh, just keep working hard, everybody out there, Uh, especially all you people that uh, think you might want to be role models and that kind of stuff, really check it out. So uh, I hope everybody has a good week, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Thank everybody for listening. Thank everybody for all your questions. Thank J.C. Hawk Sports Network for the opportunity. See you next week.